0: Good afternoon. Welcome everybody to the PFFA Pod. I am your host, Kyle McLowry, and I'm sitting here um, on this beautiful sunny afternoon
1: with uh, several folks. We'll start around the table. Let you guys introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Josh Ward. I work at Engine 19 on B Shift.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Nicole Bowles. I am a junior faculty member at Oregon Health and Science
3: University. Awesome. Okay. Hi. My name is Shelby Watkins. I'm a research associate at the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences at OHSU. And I work with Dr. Nicole Bowles. And I am the study coordinator um, for the OHSU Firefighter Study.
4: Thank you. Um, This is Travis Chipman. I'm the secretary treasurer, Local 43, uh, firefighter at station 14. Awesome. Okay, so as everybody
0: can gather, uh, if you haven't already, we're here with some of the folks at the OHSU uh, Sleep Study. that has we've partnered, PFFA has partnered with, and I can speak for myself that um, I haven't really thought a whole lot about this lately. I remember when, it was, when I was a vice president that we went up and did a uh, presentation, I shouldn't say we, the, the folks on the Hill did the presentation about some of the data and about the study. That was back in 19, Shelby, is that October, right? October
3: 2019. Okay,
0: so um, I don't know much about what's been happening lately, so I think we're here to update some of that. Travis, if you could start out, maybe tell us why we're here and what you want to get through um, for for this little update on the sleep study.
4: Absolutely. Just a little bit of history. So um, as I've been working on uh, alternative work schedules since 2015, um, my ultimate goal is health and wellness and answering the question, which schedule for firefighters is the healthiest? Um, Not focusing on so much mental, but the biological, physical part. Um, is it 2448? Is it modified Detroit? Is it a Kelly schedule? Is it 4896? Is it uh, 1323? So I reached out to um, Cameron and I, and Cameron's been a huge, uh, huge part of this process doing a ton of legwork. So I want to make sure I put a shout out to Cameron Homan for all the work that he's done. Unfortunately, wasn't able to be here today. Um, so we reached out to OHSU, and they were super excited about. Um, doing some of this work. So initially I said, all I needed to do is tell me which, um, schedule was healthiest. And I thought that was a super simple question, but it wasn't. So, um, engaging in a relationship with OHSU over the last, uh, three plus years, um, we started answering those questions. Um, but coming to find out as, as they study sleep, they study occupational, they study, Uh, circadian rhythms, sleep patterns, everything, we kept running into roadblocks because we didn't have the biological data that we needed to answer the question. So although they came back with a a non-confirmed answer, nobody felt good with it. And so um, OHSU as a group um, came to us and said, hey, we would like to do a biological study on the 2448 with a station. So we picked station 19. Um, They have a busy enough call volume. They're very um, uh, diverse um, in seniority and gender and all of the aspects that we need them. You know, some people have no kids, some people have kids, some people divorced, marriage, all of that. So it met all the requirements. And so we picked 19s. um, And then we did a study and so maybe shelby can you kind of give us um a brief uh understanding of what that study was
3: yeah of course so we, um, after being told Station 19 would be the station that would go and head and um, participate in this study, we asked um, participating firefighters to take part in three testing periods from May 2020 through January 2021. Each testing period lasted for two weeks, and this happened about every three months. And during these two-week study periods, we asked participants to um, wear a watch-like device. It's called an actigraph, um, and this collects sleep information, activity, you know, it's its a wonderful little watch. It's much better than a Fitbit. And then also we ask people to wear an ambulatory blood pressure monitor once for up to 48 hours after a shift. And so that would take your blood pressure consistently for, for two or sorry, two days. So two nights, two days. So we can see how your blood pressure dips during the night. And then we also had people wear, you know, EKGs. We had some people, um, not some people, but everybody completed sleep diaries and life event diaries during the day. We had them collect, you know, urine for twenty-four hours one time, and we had them do reaction time tests. You know, there is uh, there's so many elements to it to try to get an over, um, an overall comprehensive look at what a firefighter's life is like here in Portland Fire and Rescue. And we also even did had partners participate in this study as well, so mm-hmm. we could look at work-family life dynamics um, during these periods.
0: So, the all the whole battery of tests that mm-hmm. sounded pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happen every time, each two
4: weeks.
3: Yes, each two okay. weeks, we would follow those same pattern.
4: Oh, Doctor Bolz, I was just wondering, why is it important that we run tests while at work and then while at home? What does that produce for you to be able to share to the firefighters?
2: Uh, great question. We That gives us the ability to look at both reactivity while you're on the station. So how do you respond to a call, maybe especially in the middle of the night if you're in the middle of sleep? Um, how does your heart rate respond when you've gotten two hours of sleep versus four hours of sleep? And then, I don't want to say more importantly, but equally as important, at home allows us to look at your recovery. So if the you know if you have a day on shift and then you have two days off, or if someone's working two days on and then they have their two days off, what does the difference look like when you have perhaps a higher workload, but then you have that recovery period, or the other way around if you have a recovery period of four days. You know, it allows us to look at the first day off versus the fourth day off. And then, again, when you return to work, what does that reactivity, how does that reactivity differ based on how many days you maybe had to recover at home?
4: Thank you. Um, Joshua, let's get you in the game here. Sure. Um, what was your experience in completing these tasks? Was it challenging? Did it take much time? Or um, was there any part of the process you found surprising? Uh,
1: Well, the process was Pretty straightforward. You put on a heart monitor, uh, you just kind of wore it on your chest and then the wash, like Shelby was saying, and you just pretty much wore that for two weeks. Um, the BP cuff was a bit challenging. I know for other members at the station, especially, um, they, they had trouble wearing it all the way through the night because the, 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 BP cuff makes a little bit of a noise, and then, of course, squeezes mm. your arm. You know, right. We're familiar with the, with the life yeah. back and everything. So it does that through the night. Um, that was probably the most challenging, is to keep that thing on the whole time. <laughs> how uh, how <laughs> often was it
0: squeezing? To... Was it taking your blood pressure?
1: Uh, it would do it every half hour. Is that yes, right? Yes, every yeah, 30 minutes. Every half hour. And then if it didn't take, you had, like, you had to hold still. So if it didn't take, then it would try and redo it again, just like our life back, you know, it sure. then a timeout. Sure, eventually. if it
0: ties out. And that would be on when you were at work?
1: No. on Just new. at home. Okay, I can yep. imagine having
0: that un- like we were working on a fire or something. No,
1: no. Um, it was one, you'd wear one session, um, well, one 48-hour session during okay. um, each of the two weeks. So what if it worked truck? double? Oh, you just had to pick a 48 that you weren't going to be at work. okay. So you can work with her. It's not like a hard set, like you gotta wear it this day, like Okay. They just need a sample of your. Is that correct? Yeah, right? Yeah. It's and just I just a, make
3: sure I communicate. I work on everybody on an individual basis to make sure it works best for you. So if you have a kid, your kid's birthday party happening coming up, yeah. I'm not gonna make you wear it. You know, if there was a holiday, I make sure that it's the best time for you while you're at home to do some of these measurements. And
0: so if you had mm-hmm. someone where they maybe took a shift off, they had five days off. You want to wear it the whole time? No,
2: you, you would only wear it for forty-eight, 48, 48. hours. Okay. Yep. All right. And I'll just jump in there to say the reason why we have 48 hours again it's just to get a good glimpse of your overall um cardiovascular health. Uh-huh. Uh and this is you know becoming the gold standard to wear a device for multiple hours versus right. you know if you go to the doctors you just have that one time blood pressure yeah, yeah. which is not a good representation of overall like if you're thinking about your physical activity, how much does your blood pressure maybe increase then, mm-hmm. how low does it go at nighttime? Those are all things uh, that are super important to understand overall what your blood pressure looks like and right. not just a snapshot.
1: And
0: I may have missed something, but I'm, not to hold your feet to the fire, but I'm going to ask anyways. You mentioned something a few minutes ago about like a fourth day off, but if we're just doing a 48-hour check, we don't get that information from the fourth day off.
2: Uh, exactly. So, this is why it's important to do a larger study because uh-huh. then we'll have more people. And so maybe you know, the, two, uh, the 48 hours you choose is maybe when you have a Kelly day. And so okay. if we start okay. having enough people, then we can, you know, every single person doesn't have to provide that data, but we can still look at trends.
1: Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And okay. then there was uh, an optional EKG. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a four lead.
3: It was five lead. Five lead. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's right. It was five lead. Um, and that was an optional deal and I, I think i only wore that was that 48 hours yeah well? 48 hours yeah. yes. and that that was a little cumbersome but i mean once you get it on you're it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. so you just gotta know know what you're getting into i got <laughs> i gotta
0: ask about that so there's no there's no wires it's just, no it's, there's wires on it yeah but it's like before? it's
1: like a small little like a, a cassette player how am long i dating you, myself
0: Cassette, <laughs> like a walkman yeah a walkman yeah <laughs> it's like a walkman yeah um was it yellow
4: <laughs> was there something surprising that you learned from this process or from the results, from your own personal results that, I mean, you're like, man, that was pretty cool?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's still some more to come out because <laughs> they're backlogged with uh, their lab. Yeah. I, yeah. And so there's still a, a bunch of stuff to come out, but just the, the little bit of data that they gave us, um, and it's individual. It's not like a group set of data it's like your personal and the group and so you know it, it gives you a good baseline mm-hmm. right for further for the next study mm-hmm. but it, it uh, and we were discussing earlier about yeah we don't need a study to to show that you know we sleep bad mm-hmm. at work mm-hmm. but you know just like if you were to start a diet you would want to weigh yourself before you started the diet otherwise you don't have a benchmark correct to tell no. you if you're doing well or not doing well correct so one that was good to to get an actual number on you know this is how well I'm sleeping or this is how well I'm recovering on my days off um, and that was one of the largest the glaring piece of data was that the days is off uh, how, how long it took me to recover on my days off. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we all know that first day, you know, you get that slug of adrenaline when you first get off, you, and you're like, oh, I got, I got these errands to do, I got to drop mm-hmm. the kids off, I got mm-hmm. this, this, and this, and then you get that two o'clock cat nap, mm-hmm. and then you drag through that first day, your second day, hopefully you're better, and then you're ready to go, and then you're right back into it, you know, mm-hmm. your third day. Um, this would show you, like, all right, you know, like, on this hour, you're actually sharper, like mm-hmm. with numbers and you're like, yep. this is how much sharper you are, how much quicker day. you are, you know, like mm-hmm. just on a day to day basis.
4: And I think that's important
2: for me. Cause again, going in and this was mostly what is the burden of the things we're asking you to do? Um, are there surveys that we can improve? But that outcome was surprising to us as well. Just already based on the two, three, two week study periods, and being able to see people who worked more than two days or people who had more than two days off to be able to look at those patterns of how much quicker can you respond to something? What's your mood like you your fourth day off versus your first day off? Uh, what's your mood like on the third day on versus the first day on? Uh, and so we're already seeing those patterns and that was super, that was surprising to me to already get to see those type of trends. Um, and then... Yeah, and so this is somewhat related. But I just wanted to Shelby, if you want to go into more detail about what's on that like dissemination packet or one pager, because I think it's beautifully designed. Um and then I'm just curious what people liked about it or did not like about it, I guess, as well.
1: Well, having having it concise and down to one page so you we didn't have to get charts and graphs, you know, and convert numbers and like to understand it, it was it was well laid out and it was pretty much like an infograph, right? You can just follow along and, and see where you score on the on the scale. So that was firefighter friendly. I and I'm say. sorry, I don't know about
0: the one-pager. Can you yeah. tell me about that?
3: Yeah, I can talk some more about that. I'm glad you love it because a lot of great care was you know taken into this because one of the most important parts about research is we want that information to directly go back to that end user, that participant, right? That's the whole point. We do what we do. And so what I did was created this one-pager where it's like, I say one page, it's like two pages, but, yeah, that's the term we use, right? Um, and, yeah, and so basically what we do, it has individual results, and each result provides brief explanations about it. And so what we included on that was we had blood pressure, we had heart rate, we had um, information about, you know, your how... It showed information about your sleep, how long you were sleeping, and if those days were, you know, you had really great sleep between seven to nine hours, or if you got, you know, less than four, we could show you, you know, on a day to day basis what that was looking like. We looked at your reaction times on shift and off shift. We looked at your caffeine intake, which Mm -hmm. is always interesting to know, right? Um, Your fluid intake, um, just like how much water you've been drinking during on shift and off. We looked at your mood. We looked at your recovery, looking at psychological detachment and relaxation on and off shift. And then also for those who participated um, with their partners, we could look at the difference of work-life balance between when you're on shift and off shift because obviously your families play a big part in your work life as well. So we got to see all of that and we put that all onto one sheet for everybody and it was their own individual results. And we gave little brief explanations on the side of what those results could mean. And it's been nice to talk during the individual interviews to kind of talk and go over everyone's um, little sheets. And I think like Josh was saying, everyone's been very surprised and interested in the... Um, reaction times, right. how long it takes to recover, because it might be you were aware of that, but seeing it on paper just kind of brings it more into light of you know how do we make these changes to improve our well-being.
4: Right,
0: and how did you um, include the partners? How are the partners of the firefighters involved in the study? You mentioned that a couple of times. What sort of I don't know what sort of testing or interviewing? What was the mechanism for getting the data?
3: So we did, um, do focus groups initially, um, before we even began this study and we had, um, spouses come in from, um, anybody who wanted to participate throughout Portland fire and rescue. Mm -hmm. So we got a little bit of that qualitative data from them about what life is like with their firefighters when they're on shift and off shifts and that balance. Um, but then during the, um, uh, during the study, um it was a survey and the firefighter and their partner answered the same questions every day for two weeks and it right. asked questions it. about, you know, what was, you know, how work impacted family life and how family life impacted right. work life. And um I know I Josh participated in that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ellie she took the uh I think it was every morning and, and evening.
3: Um for the work and the partner ones it was at night. Yeah. It was just in the evening. Yeah.
1: yeah. So.
4: so one question I have um for you, Doctor. And I can't remember the name of the test, but there's the test that you um, take for reaction time. What was that called?
2: Uh psychomotor vigilance test, or PVT.
4: And that's the one that we use a lot when we talk when we look at the algorithms. You know which um, schedule is healthier, why? Um, and some of the paperwork that I have um, has those, and they're very specific about those. One of the reasons why I'm interested in those results, and I really want to key in on that on the next one is because if we have a member that works one day or two on day two does that change so if you're driving and we have identified that that changes significantly on day two should you drive on day one and drive on day two right when we start doing more data testing while on shift are you driving for the day yes Uh, or no That's a good point because then that way Um, these officers have the ability to say you drove last night we were up three times after midnight i need you to have a restorative sleep cycle at one o'clock you're not driving tonight you're going to switch out right and if we can start to make all of these micro adjustments all we do is we're controlling the the safety aspect at every at every move right so that's why i am you know i'm super excited about um about the future, about what we've done already. um, And we've been kind of hinting around about it. So let's get into it. Um, Can you explain how we got the first study, what you did with those results, and then will there be a second study, doctor?
2: Yes. So going off a little bit of that, the PVT points you were making, uh, first, when you even mentioned like about who's driving, I would say This initial study was great for thinking about those questions. So that's not something we initially asked. And so between doing the study, shall we doing the subsequent interviews with participants to see what they did and didn't like, or making sure that we are collecting relevant data, that was a point that, yeah, we need to be collecting, who is doing the driving, uh, just so we can be able to make those type of uh, estimations. And then, somewhat related, but again, So people didn't necessarily love the pbt and so it's great that you point out all the reasons why it's such an important test and it really is the gold standard that's used in the sleep world and the thing that people get annoyed about the test is it's just a repetitive task you just wait for a dot to come up on the screen and you have to push the button and you're just sitting and waiting. And, but that's the test because it's one of alertness. And so the longer you're waiting, maybe right, the more annoyed you are or you just zone off. And mm. so that really is the test. Uh, so it's not supposed to be super exciting, but mm. um, so it's great to point out like why it is important. Right. Uh, and, yeah, just how much data we can get from it.
1: So to, from our level, we call it the red dot test, <laughs> right? Because it's on your phone, from your, on your iPhone, and it's just a black screen, and then a red dot will pop up, and then you got to tap the screen, red dot goes away, right? So that's basically the whole thing. You do that for a minute. Three minutes. A mi- it was like a minute, three minutes, mm-hmm. and what was the long one? I had like different variations, but it was oh. like. There's
3: a five. There, yeah, there is a five-minute. Nobody one as well.
1: could. Nobody can sit through a five-minute. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure. <laughs> it would bore you to death. You'd fall asleep before you finish it. So the three-minute was the yeah. one that we did, and it was yeah. It, you just basically tapped a red dot until it. That's stopped. a telling
4: data point right there. Yeah. You, you can't you bring Stay awake for good. five minutes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Staring at a black screen. Yeah, You bring up a good point. You know, Josh, and, and not a lot of people know that, um, in my work to get all of this stuff going, I've. Come across between thirty and thirty-five sleep studies. You know whether it be biological or firefighter-related or other occupational-related. I read them all. They were absolutely horrible, painful to read. I will. I will try never to read them again. I've read most of them twice. Um, I gave all of those to OHSU. They read them in like a week um, and then determined that. But one of the things they determined that they were all junk. They didn't really give us anything we need to talk about health and wellness and schedules and and all of that stuff and they usually had an agenda attached to it and you know which is pretty obvious from a professional standpoint so um, that's why we're just doing what we do and we do this a lot we're gonna take it in our own hands we're gonna make sure we do it the right way so Can i ask um, a question I'm yeah. sorry he
0: didn't no, go that? ahead um, so what a OHSU a, uh, a research institution What do you guys wanna do with the data? What is the plan for this study for you guys, on your end?
2: Our end is, one, I mean, working with the firefighters to make sure that it is a study that is important to firefighters and that we are making sure the outcomes are relevant. But then our role is really disseminating that more widely so it gets outside of Portland, so that way we can get to a national audience. Uh, The conversations about schedule change has increased um, largely because call volume across the country keeps increasing while In, firefighting yeah. the number of firefighters have stayed the same and then on the west coast you have all these fires of, that are requiring not just the fire the wildland firefighters yeah. but structural firefighters to yeah. help out yeah. so again just increasing burden and so because of that sp- particularly on the west coast more departments are thinking about alternative schedules but it's not based on actual improvements right we don't know that that actually helps it It could make some things worse, or it could be some mixture, right? And so we Mm -hmm. wanna be able to see okay, if your station is this call volume, maybe the overall benefits outweigh harms, or maybe there really aren't many harms, or this is what you can do to mitigate harms Mm -hmm. while you're changed to this type of schedule. Mm -hmm. And so we wanna help make those, help in making those decisions and making sure they're science based, and then also helping other places in the country make those decisions based on evidence.
4: Awesome! That's so cool. I mean, like how far you two have come, like not being in the firefighter world and you're using all the terminology and you're just in the middle of it. So it's fun to watch the evolution of that. Um, so we, the union and the city, split the cost for the first one, um, buying equipment and that kind of stuff. Um, and you took that data and then what did you do with it? You went and...
3: I mean, right now, it's first and foremost is always the data comes right back to you yep. And that's what we've done as of right now. Yep. We're starting to write up some of the first academic papers, um, which will just start to show, you know, what information came out of Portland Fire and Rescue. And when that becomes available, we can share that with you. Mm-hmm. But it's always about, you know, participants first. Our, this information is for you to make the best educational and evidence-based decision for your organization. That's, what, that's our job. And so that's what we've done so far.
2: And I would just add we've also applied for a larger grant to be able to do a larger study as well. So the initial study helped us have pilot data to show that we can do this, we have support, we're partnered, uh, and, yeah, we need to expand it so we have the numbers to be able to ask, you know, larger questions or maybe even get down to the nitty-gritty, but then also to do, to actually study before and after a shift change or a schedule change.
0: And I think we talked about this a little bit ahead before we started recording, but you're also doing similar or the same study in Eugene as well? So yes. So yeah. are you folding the data together or is it aggregate? How do, are you How are you dealing with the two sets, data sets?
2: So a little bit of both. For the purpose of the grant that we put in, it was a nice way to start looking at differences uh, based on the two different schedules. So we could, it really does help us determine how many participants we need for a larger study. Mm-hmm. For papers, we've combined it, and because I started to see those initial trends based on how many days people were on or off, and that we could see differences in mood and attention, we combined the two groups together because yes, they're on the one, three, two, three, but both departments have individuals who are, you know, taking on um, double shifts, or because of vacation time, you have multiple days off, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's allowed us to be able to just again to start looking to see what's the impact of how many days you're on and how many days you're off uh, for um, various outcomes.
4: Right, right, right. Um, and just to clarify, Eugene is currently on a 1323 and we're on a 2448, so. For the moment,
0: yes. Um, so what do you want to do from now? What's the next step? Is there a next step? Where would you like to go with relationship with the Portland Fire and with this study? Um, uh, it's for Travis or for any of the OHSU folks. What are your What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, our next steps. So we've had a great relationship here with the union and with the bureau, and so our next step is, you know, um, in March. What is it? March 2022. We're gonna have that trial period of the one, three, two, three, and. Um, this is a great opportunity to watch in real time uh, the transformation of right. a firefighter's health and wellness, their family's well-being as well, right. from that 2448 to the 1323. It's this, you know, we call it like a natural experiment, right? It's something you don't get to see every day. And so this is a unique time and opportunity to take that on. So we are starting to we've applied for this funding, and now we're looking to we now need a lot more people, right? The more people we have, the more clear the results are. Right. And so now we're looking to um, recruit more participants as we get closer to March um, to start a very similar study just as we did with station 19
0: what a great idea that's a good idea so you want to bridge that gap and maybe have people doing the study. Prior to the switch and keep it going across across that bridge there? Yeah. Across so that,
3: we would look at um, anywhere between um, one to three months before the shift change, yep. you know, getting that baseline from that 2448 data. And then after, it would be about, you know, between two and four months after that shift, we you know, do another two-week period to see those, like, short-term changes. And then we would do a follow-up two weeks, uh, a two-week period follow-up later at 12 months. So at that one-year mark to really see right. what those longer-term changes are. I love are. it.
0: What a great opportunity. Yeah. Um,
1: I, and I would encourage, you know, whether you're for the schedule change or against it, mm-hmm. I would recommend stepping up and, and taking part in the study because, we, like she said, we need the numbers to, to see whether it's helping us or not. And the only way to do that is to just do the work. It's easy. It's a, it's an easy routine to get into. It doesn't take much work. It's a little uncomfortable for 48 hours, but suck it up. Cause it's long-term, you know, this is long-term <laughs> change in our life. You know, it's work, a long career. It's not worth just of wisdom. You
4: know. Well, I think Josh, you bring up such a great point. And, you know, I wanted to get into a little bit more about, you know, your experience. Would you encourage, you know, other members to do it, but pretend that this is not about any schedule right and um, as Cameron and I have pushed and I think we've pushed Dr. Um, Bowles and Shelby a lot saying what about this what about this what can we get this for me this is less about the schedule than anything else because if I can get if I can get seven people at 15s seven people at sevens, seven people at 27s, and I can span the entire call volume, sure. and I can say, at 4,800 calls, you are in bad shape, right? Sure. Yes, we know this, but I I can't go to negotiations and say, yeah, we know it's really hard on our people. But if I can push a document that says, this is what your heart rate does at 4,800 sure. calls yeah. versus 1,000 calls, do I now have real data mm-hmm. and real, like, Stuff to say, well, this is how we're going to reduce call volume. This is how we're going to, you know, to affect real change that has nothing to do with the sure. schedule.
1: and help our members. And Absolutely. That's the, that's the whole point, right. right, is to help to help the people working on the line live a longer mm-hmm. and healthy life after the Bureau. Right. Because it doesn't just, our heart health doesn't just miraculously get better right. once, you know, we age. If I know, can replace retire. an hour of <laughs>
4: CFIPs every day with, an hour of restorative sleep cycles or, you know, yoga or, you know, meditation, health and wellness, meditation. If I can have data to say, this is what your body does when you force mm-hmm. it to have downtime, this is not about the schedule for me. And that's why I'm so excited um, that we're continuing to have this relationship with OHSU and they're going for this larger grant. Um, but I, I really think you want to make an impact uh, for your next generation and you know for the young members if i was five or less i i don't know how we don't have a hundred percent at five or less or ten or less Mm -hmm. because we're going to be able to make those uh work life balance changes yeah um really true piggyback on that do you think this grant you're applying for is going to be predicated at all on the number of participants
0: or does that tie in or what would be a target number of participants can you just sort of speak to those things
2: Uh, I would say we're aiming for 150. Mm -hmm.
0: That's doable, I would think.
2: Um, It's a three-year grant uh, that would allow us to study before and after schedule change and then time to analyze the data. But we need to get
0: 150 before the schedule change because that's going to be the real critical. Right, right, right. So we have three
2: months beforehand, so that's December. I would say by December at the latest, we need to have those 150 people.
4: Okay. Um, let's go one more for Josh and then we'll go back to Shelby. Josh, can you give us an idea what your members thought of it? And, um, do you think the data that was given to Shelby will help make the, um, the next study more palatable for some of the members that maybe weren't a huge fan?
1: Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was a mixed, I think I to say it's a mixed bag in the station. Um, and the reason is I don't know if our members knew exactly what they were what Shelby was looking for, what the study was trying to achieve. They mm. were just like, well, oh, wheres wear this thing. All right. And then once it got uncomfortable, they started bitching about it. Mm. So it's like, That's a good point. But if you know what the point, you know, if you know what the end game is, yeah. I would say more people probably would have stuck with it rather than just thinking, oh, we're just doing this for OHSU to get some more data. Well, once we explain that it's actually for your own good, I think more people would have, Paid a little more attention and maybe, maybe stuck with it a little further. That being said, I think a lot of the people at 19s were fine with it. There was a, a few bumps in the road, the first couple, the very first study, just trying to figure out how all the equipment worked and everything. And it's not rocket science here, but we're just not familiar with it, right. you know. And right. it just she just explained it, and broke it down for us, and and I think she got what she needed. Obviously, more data is better. Uh Which is why we're trying to get more people to do it, but I don't know what do you what do you think as far yeah. as the outcome
3: no, and you know your comment about you know people I think that's been our biggest comment as we've been doing the as I've been doing these interviews to follow up you know how can we improve because you know obviously this is our first time trying it right mm-hmm. and we want to learn from that to be able to improve to get better data next time to have more people wanting to participate and bring up a great point and I think we started this during COVID, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. And yeah. So, so I got that, that <laughs> little point. Yeah, this right? yeah, started bit in May 2020, um, which was a big time in our city here in Portland as well, um, with lots of other things going on. And so when we came out, and you know, we came to Station 19 right. before, I think it was in January. We came for just a brief meeting to kind of talk it over with the captain, and then COVID, and then May hit, and we wanted to start. We we were able to continue going even with COVID restrictions. But the problem is we had to do it over video conference. And we had to have those talks. And it's so... Obviously, I, I believe everyone can agree. It's so, much, it's so important to be in front of a person, sure. really showing everything. And mm-hmm. I think it was nice when I was able to come and, you know, stand outside the door of the station and right. I would drop off things and be able to communicate with you all, put a face to, you know, our research mm-hmm. and to explain everything a little bit more in detail, you know, and to keep you updated. And I think, you know, as you know, hopefully we come out of these COVID restrictions, you know, I'll, I'll be able to be there more often and to explain more things. And I think that'll be helpful. But yeah, the data we got, it's so important. We are seeing trends that are the beginnings and it's going to help us move forward with this grant and understandings. But then it also gave
2: us feedback on what surveys we should change. So after the first round, in some initial conversations, we got rid of some pieces. We changed the way we were yep. looking at mood. Yeah. Uh, after additional conversations, after the three rounds, we're still... You know, questioning, are we asking the best questions to capture recovery? Are we asking the best questions to get at work-life conflict? So just by, you know, the initial participants are going to really help shape what the larger study looks like. Uh, Or again, just even some of the pictorials that Shelby developed to help better explain things if she's, you know, not able to be there in person or as reminders. Uh, It just really helped us better develop the study.
4: (laughs) Is, Is that information safe? How do I know? I mean, I don't know. Is it safe?
2: Yes. So, uh, yes, everything's, I mean, OHSU, especially in the last couple of years, has like really, really tightened down even more than before. So, I was just telling Josh uh, so, for, you know, if we were to try to change the way we're capturing blood pressure, we would have to go through a security review at OHSU to make sure the data captured is safe. And those things, I think it took six to eight months yes. to get something else approved recently. Uh, And then as far as like all the data, so everyone completes surveys over, um, a survey sent via text message. And that's all
3: in a... It's HIPAA compliant. Yeah, and
2: And everything's encrypted. Like once you finish and it sends and it's just in a cloud that's secure at OHSU and only Shelby and I see the data. Um, And then once it comes to us, it's also just based on a um, your study ID number, so we, it's not attached to your, your name as well.
3: And we, we also want an extra step, um, and we got a certificate of confidentiality from the National Institutes of Health, and this makes sure that we, the researchers, can't disclose or use your information or anything that comes up um, that may identify you in anything, federal, state, local, civil, criminal, anything, we cannot disclose that information to them. So we have that extra step in place.
4: When will you find out if you're granted this, this funding?
3: Uh, the end of the month. Well, no, oh. July. I'm thinking we're in July
2: already. Right. The end of July. Okay. Yeah.
4: That's great. Um, any, anything we missed? Any other questions? This is exciting. I get excited. We've come a long ways. We've done a lot of good work. I know we have a lot of work to do. And um, I think that it's important if you're, if you have more questions, you can reach out to anybody in 19s. You know, Josh would be great to reach out to Cameron or myself, mm-hmm. or we can put you right in touch with, Doctor or Shelby, um, and we can go from there. Anything we missed?
1: I think it's it's not stated enough that this study is designed specifically for firefighters and mm-hmm. our sleep. It's not like it's a sleep study, you know, at OHSU. Oh, and mm-hmm. here's some firefighters. Like right. it's designed specifically for us and our schedule and our work. Which you know, when you go to the doctor and get your physical, you know, you have to remind them, Hey, this is an NFPA physical, you know, like this this is a different thing than your normal nine to five guy. Yeah. So this, this is designed specifically for us. So the only way to help other firefighters is to participate.
0: Right. Well, health and wellness is very important and it's, the culture is slowly changing our fire, fire culture in general changes. At a glacial pace, yes. so um, it, it will get there.
4: Yeah, I would like to say thank you. Yeah, um, to the both of you and to Josh and Station Nineteen for um, taking on that monumental first step, right to to do that. Because if we don't do it, we don't know. We don't know. Um, and but thank you, more importantly, to you, um, Doctor Bowles and Shelby. You have you've taken a vested interest to not only do your job but to make sure that firefighters become healthier through this process. And on the behalf of 700 union members, I really appreciate that. Thank you.
3: Of course. Now, this is we as you said, we we started with knowing nothing about firefighters really, you know. And I would, learning what a Kelly day was Like I, it was so interesting to understand this world and the fact that this research study could not have been created without the firefighters helping us learn because we could have never known like piece by piece. I think Josh literally like two days into the, uh, what is it? The uh, study was just like, I don't understand why this is happening this way. I think we can improve this with the surveys or you can ask this question or, or, you know, you know, asking, you know, oh, I'm on this rig or on this, you know, I think, this was a very, I, we in public health, we call it community-based participatory, and that's very much what this is. It's a partnership. Research is better with having this partnership and having that public health-based, so we're so grateful to you. You give us something to do every day during work, and it's become our lives, and so we're very grateful.
4: Thank you. Yeah. Doctor?
3: Shelby, I couldn't say it better than she just did. Yeah, thank you.
4: Yeah. Thank you, everybody.